This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. We are on At 530 on Main. It is Good Friday here in the Extension Studio. It's uh, sunny after about a week and a half of rain. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation on At 530 on Main in the, once again, Extension Podcast Studio with uh, VPS Architecture Extend Group. Uh, Mike Davis, as always, how are you today, sir? Good. It's warm outside, so I'm happy. Let's go. Sunshine, yeah, vitamin D. Something. Yeah. Get out of the house, right? Yeah. It's Mike's favorite time of the, the year. All the trees blooming and, like, you know... Both have that allergy thing. 24-hour yeah. prescription allergy. Yeah. It's great. Welcome to bloom. <laughs> Welcome to the bloom with the rain and all the good stuff. Actually, you know, April showers bring May flowers. That's what we all want to see. So, in the podcast studio today, we have Christian Mosek from Wrights Memorial High School. He is... The I was looking. It was May fourth was the day that you were introduced as yeah. the new president yeah. of Wrights Memorial High School. Is that right? Almost a year. Yeah, coming up on the anniversary of your uh, first year as president of Wrights Memorial High School. Uh, Christian is, as I said, the president, and he is responsible for all facets of the school's mission, including executing the mission and strategic agenda of the school, promoting the school's Catholic identity and inviting and acknowledging support from donors and alumni and maintaining the school's financial health. See, I can read through that. I didn't butcher that. That was pretty good. But you know what? As I said before, I said I wasn't going to do that. Uh, Christian, I really like uh, our guest to really give us the experiences that led up to us being here today. In your words, tell us a little bit about Christian. Yeah, well, I was born. No. Uh, so I'm originally from... Like country song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I came here to sing. They didn't know that yet. Um, so I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I uh, graduated from a Catholic high school there, St. Francis de Sales. Um, and ultimately, it's that experience that led me here, I, you know, I think. So it was a four-year four all-boys Catholic high school. Um, learned a lot there. Uh, Catholic education made me the person I am today, so... Uh, I left St. Francis, went to college, got a degree in education, got a master's degree in educational leadership, spent the last seven years at St. Minard Arch Abbey in the development office, learning uh, institutional advancement, strategic planning, uh, how to fundraise, how to do it well, how to thank donors properly, um, and, and how to plan for the future. And so when this position opened, I thought it's a good mix of uh, skills that I've kind of developed over the years. And, and like I said, Catholic education made me the person I am today, so I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to continue that um, and to help graduates experience the same thing I did and leave and um, become the person God called them to be. Very nice. Very nice. So Toledo, Ohio, that's the border town. The border town. Between yeah. Michigan and Ohio State, right? Like yes. Half the town's Michigan, half the town's Ohio State. Yeah. But then you have the Toledo Rockets. That's right. Right? Man. I grew up going to UT games. I think Toledo is the only place in the world that has stores where you can go in and buy. Half the store is Michigan gear, uh -huh. and half the store is Ohio State gear. <laughs> like, people make money off of that. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. Just the rivalry. How do you make million dollars it's sell a million t-shirts and make a dollar off each one of them right it doesn't matter if it's michigan ohio state That's or right. ut yeah greg roski uh give a shout out to greg roski he's an old coach friend from uh, good shepherd uh is up in indy now and uh he was at the university of evansville and has moved up there now but uh he was a toledo grad as well you know greg roski no. no you don't know him his saying was always boom. Like every time we did something right, it would be boom and high five the girls or, uh, on the basketball court or whatever it was or make a basket, you know, fist pump, boom. 
you know. So, yeah, Toledo grad. Awesome. Yeah. So you have the the degree in education. You have leadership. And as you said, this rich tradition of Wrights Memorial High School, you know, tell us a little bit about that experience over the first year. What's it been like? When I arrived at Memorial, the three things stood out to me, you know, three words. And I wrote this in a letter early on to all of our alumni, faith, family, and tradition are Mm -hmm. three words that I think represent the Memorial community really well. Um, my experience in the first year has been it's a community of people with really strong faith. They value the Catholic identity of the school. They want to see it grow, um, and they've been enriched by it. Um, it's certainly a family, um, and I think most would say that's good and bad. Uh, there, it's, it has every aspect of it. People are very passionate to see a memorial succeed. Um, they, it's a community where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Um, as you well know, Sean, um, and that tradition piece, um, memorial, people use that word as you, you know the memorial tradition, don't you? You know, that's what they'll say. It has some gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think my sense of what it means is the school has been around for 97 years. And it, people's grandparents at this point now have gone there. Some, yeah. some great grandparents. Great grandparents. And so it's like tradition to me is like the story of who you are. And so this this story of what Wrights Memorial is has been now passed on for generation to generation. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, what they mean when they talk about it. It's it's like part of their, part of their family ethos. Yeah. So you're up doing your thing. You're doing extremely well. What was, what was that thing? that you connected with that said, you know what, this, this is my journey. Was there a moment that you said, Hey, this is the thing. This is my next 10, 15, 20 years. Great question. I don't know if there was one thing, uh, but something that did strike me when I was touring the school is there's three words above written in stone above the main entrance of, uh, the high school that those words have been there since I believe 1923, when they started building the building, the three words are Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, th- to me, there's no clearer vision, mission statement than that. I mean, you could hire people, pay them thousands of dollars to come up with something, but there's nothing clearer than, than Catholic high school. Yeah. And that struck me as that's what this place is, you know, and that's what I want to continue. And it, I, I'm not coming in here to create anything new, to create waves, but I'm carrying on a long tradition of this Catholic high school. Yeah. Wonderful. So... On the At 530 On Main podcast, we talk about the word experience. Before we ask what the memorial experience was and what it is today and all those things, we always like to have some, as Giant says, common vocabulary. So we, that we understand, you know, what that means. What does the word experience mean to you? I was doing some thinking on this before I walked in here. I think the word experience to me, at least kind of immediately... Uh, means the word encounter. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm encountering something, I'm learning from it. I'm learning uh, about it. I'm, I'm growing from it. Um, and that's what we want from our students and from our, from our experience at Memorial, right? Yeah. We want them to encounter their faith, want them to have an experience of excellence, understand what that means. We want them to encounter others through service. Um, and then, of course, encounter, experience the great tradition of Memorial High School. So that's ultimately, I think, what it means to me when you experience something, you're learning from it, you're encountering it. Yeah, because one of the one of the positives about Enzel and the Catholic school system as a whole is as having young kids. Your kids are yeah. already through Good Shepherd. I'm at, we're at Good Shepherd, okay. but that starts very early and it always has even when uh, we were young playing you always saw that that it started early how do you how do you approach yeah your focus is memorial but it's also all the feeder schools that are coming in to memorial and whether those kids go to good shepherd whether they go to memorial or they end up going to modern day it's still kind of similar in that the the, the history and the traditions carry forward at an early age yeah. And so how, are you, how do you approach getting them involved? Like 
making sure that connection is always there as they once they get to memorial i feel like everybody knows on that memorial this is what's expected because it, it was taught to me yeah right yeah it's not something i learn when i walk in the door right <laughs> there's kind of i i think in, in many unspoken ways, it's like the K-12 program, right. you know, on the east side. I go, if I'm a kindergartner, good shepherd, I'm, I hope that you land as a freshman at Wrights Memorial High School, you know. And, you know, we do all sorts of, we, a good example is we had Beauty and the Beast at Memorial last weekend. And something that we did is we allowed the students to dress up in character and go to the lunches um, at our partner schools. So we had like Belle and yeah. Gaston and they showed up. For the, I think the kindergartners, some of the early grades at Good Shepherd, and the kids just loved it. You know, they were taking pictures, and you know, some of the high schoolers left, and like I, I was overwhelmed because of the how much the kids just loved being around, kind of the characters of Beauty and the Beast. It worked for the sixth graders, I know, because uh, my daughter went on Sunday, uh, and every like whether they went as a a tribe or they went individually with their parents. I think everyone in, in her, you know, pack that she runs with, everyone went. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a great outreach piece that was like, this is what's happening here. Um, you know, come and join us. Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's really that communication and building that relationship of this is happening, that you're a part of it anyway. Come and join us for that day. And uh, I it really did uh, have an impact that I could see in our circles that uh, girls that had not ever really talked about going to a play at Memorial, they went, a majority of them that were in her, her group. So that, that was great um, outreach there. The, like what you're talking about, Mike, is that mindset of, you know, by the time you get to high school, like you've, you've got that, direction right like you kind of have like if we get to the students at high school and we go finally go hey what is it that you want to do you know to me it's a a little a late in the process and you're really you know in the the transformation happens that fifth sixth seventh eighth like here are some things that you need to be introduced to right because if you get to high school like my experience was like i knew what it I enjoyed and was passionate about, but it wasn't until I was a junior when someone finally asked me, what is it you want to do when you leave this place? I'm like, well, I want to be an architect because I love CAD. Nah, da, da, da. And they're like, you want to be an architect? I didn't know that a long time ago. Well, I'm like, well, you didn't ask. <laughs> and then yeah, it's a little late and then you got to go, you know, you have to go to a community school. You need to do this, then get this and then to do this. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You never ask. So it's how to, even through, like the program that you've helped kind of sculpt over the years through uh, Architectural Technician Academy, right? It was always, by the time they get to high school or are in the middle of high school, they're going, well, I want to be a part of this thing. I want to go here, and I think it's going to net me this result in money and whatever time, but they had never been introduced to anything different. So when you bring in the automotive discussion, they're like, that's very interesting. I like cars. I like this. I like this, whatever it is. And the financial outcome, you know, the commitment for the education looks like this. And then the net for my family, as far as income, is very positive if you look at where it's going. But they didn't know that back then. And really, it's the ride home that impacts that discussion because you don't want to be an automotive technician. Are you kidding me? No. Like, we're going we're gonna to have you go do this. Right. So I really do think that that K through 12 experience that you're talking about really is the memorial experience. And when they walk through that, they do know what that looks like. And they've been in the I talk about the car rides home. Mom and dad have been on been through that experience and they're able to communicate what that experience is because they have relationships. And really, they're hanging out and experiencing mom and dad's friends who more than likely were a part of or had experienced that tradition and are, you know, continuing on in that path. It's the common vocabulary and has the visual tools, the building, you know, the athletics, the academics, the all those traditions that go along with it that they experience are like, yeah, I want that's I want to be a part of that. Yeah, or at least parents knowing somebody 
within the circle that does what their child is looking or thinking about, right? Yeah. Because that's the hardest part. A lot of times you get with the guidance counselors. That was my experience. What do you want to do? Yeah, you can't do that. Why? Had no because they had no idea. I mean, even today we run into that as a just our profession. They think architects are engineers. It's like we're not engineers. Don't like I want to be an architect. Well, here's programs at Purdue. It's like Purdue doesn't offer architecture guys. It's engineering. Yeah, like they don't understand. Like then the guidance counselors they don't. So a lot of that has to do with that. So if you're a parent and you have that family, right? You know somebody. Oh, you want to go into marketing? Here's a guy. I think I know him. Yeah, that's a, a really strong asset there of of Memorial from my perspective is that there's a lot of people that uh, have the ability to mentor your son, daughter on whatever it is. There's somebody in that family who's done it and done it successfully and is willing to for Memorial mentor for the next generation. Uh, there's a re- deep, rich tradition there that uh, I don't feel is other places. Yeah, um, I think that's the difference maker for us. You know, one of the if we're doing anything around the school, the first question we ask is, "All right, who do we know from the Memorial community who does this?" Yeah, you know, and there's usually an answer to that. Yeah, um, and and same thing for our students. If if there's interest there, career interest there, we can usually find somebody. Yeah. And there's always more opportunity for career mentorships. And if there's any alumni listening to this and you want to be involved in career mentorship, <laughs> let me know. We'll let you know how to get a hold of him here in just a little bit. <laughs> if he hasn't reached out already, I'm sure he will be. Uh, we have, like, I have a mindset of what the high school experience was from, like, 1994, right? And that's when I graduated. Mike, I don't know what year you graduated or if you even want to share that, but you, you have your mindset around what, the high school experiences or was or should be what's the high school experience today if if you were to go out you think and pull the students and the faculty like what does that experience look like today it's a great question i think with covid we don't have a good sense yet i mean it, there's there's the conversation of what it was before yeah. and then now there's this kind of new thing that's emerging after mm-hmm. you know and i, I at a place like, you know, a Catholic high school, a memorial with a long tradition, there, there are things that you hope reemerge. You know, high school is always a time of growth. It's always a time of discovering who you are. For us, we also hope it's a time of discovering who God is calling you to be and a time to kind of build the skills uh, that will prepare you for the rest of your life, whether that's college or career. Um, but also kind of build build the knowledge of who you are in God's eyes and, you know, that build that faith. So when you're leaving Memorial, you have that strong kind of faith foundation. So when you come to difficult moral uh, situations or um, you're, you're dealing with a question in your business and that perspective is, is, is informing you. So, you know, I, I would hope that that's, that's the experience for everyone, you mm-hmm. know. Um, now, I, I still think we're seeing something emerge. You know, I, something that I noticed when we moved away from masks, we had our, we had our, when we were in masks, we had our cafeteria, all the kids facing like one way, you know? And so you'd walk into the cafeteria and nobody was talking to each other. They're on their cell phones, doing the social media game stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we got rid of masks, I said, okay, we're, we're going right back to the cafeteria. We're, we're putting chair, we're, putting chairs facing each other, you know, we're going back to the normal tables. And so that's, that's who we are. We break bread together. We talk. And it was amazing. The day after we did it, kids started talking to each other again, you know, this great low murmur of just like, it just felt like high school again, you know, and, and, and our kids didn't have that for a few years, you know, so I think they're starting, starting to discover again what it can be. Right. Well, that's even the younger and the younger grades, uh, my son, and you're seeing them like it's real that these kids are told, "Hey, we're done with mask," and they cheer, they go crazy yeah. because they hated them so much. Right. And and at some point, the kids were like, "Wait, I mean, they're five years old and they're smart enough to go. We don't wear these anywhere else. What what what, what am I missing here?" And I know there's more to it than just take the mask off, right? Yeah. I, I mean, there's as a 
school, but it was it was just I don't think people realized the negative effect and the impacts that it was having beyond health. Yeah. I mean, the social aspect of school, of, of high, I speak to high school, I mean, it's so important, right? Because you start freshman year, you're kind of, you're, you're just growing into who you are yeah. and your friends help define that. And we've, COVID, COVID uh, made that difficult, you know, and you see that in our kids. I mean, our juniors, this is like second semester is, you know, one of the first years they kind of first moments now they have without masks and kind of experience mm-hmm. high school as it was for kids five years ago. Yeah, we talked about it. you've been this is close to your your one year anniversary. Um, you've went you as many people who have come on this podcast have talked about, you know, I came into a position like I'm looking at Joe Grease's name right there. Uh, it was like, you know, I was named the director of and Four days later, or Daniela Vidal's on there too. She was named chancellor of Ivy Tech right the day of like COVID lock, you know, COVID right. mandates and everything are going in and it's changing. So how is how how has that impacted? I mean, you've been through it a year now. Mm-hmm. You talked about something new is emerging. What is are are we going back? Is there a new like you hear the you know, the new norm, what, what is, what does that model look like for education? You think? I think for education is a big question. I don't want to speak necessarily to that in broad strokes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something I will say, we're, we're, we're finalizing our strategic plan and we've already named it. It's called re it's called igniting the tradition. Yeah. And I feel like for us after COVID, it's a matter of, it's not a matter of going back. But it, it's a matter of understanding the things that make us who we are. Yeah. And igniting the tradition is, is us doing that. We're igniting the, the parts of who we are again. We're starting to tell the story again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always kind of explain it through stories, but, you know, um, pep rallies are, are a great kind of example of that. We had pep rallies during COVID, but we ha- I mean, we had to spread the kids out, and that's okay. I mean, we had to do the things to protect our kids, and that's re- very important. Um, but when we were able to bring all our kids back together on one side of the bleachers, and they were all kind of crammed in there and doing the cheers, that's a yeah. new experience for most of our kids. Um, and they loved it, right? But that's, that's part of the story of who we are, getting them all together and doing the cheers and creating school spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of igniting the tradition again. Yeah. There's uh, nothing more powerful than being in in the football stadium when, you know, the big blue group just starts going, right? Like that's part of it. And you hear the freshmen, sophomore, juniors and seniors all in their, you know, roles doing their thing. And it is very impactful when you can hear that and see that. Because even in basketball, the group that was there, like there are some like when you're shooting free throws and (laughs) – Mm-hmm. The chance starts of uh, I don't know how the other team actually yeah, makes a shot. Yeah, <laughs> makes, the, makes a shot. It is that experience I think that's very very important that that they they go through. So one of the things that I always talk about from the digital perspective and digital marketing being my you know where I started 22 years ago. How has that played into? education like how has it changed the environment for education like how are you using it today where do you see it going in the future and you know what impact has the digital world played on you know the traditional classroom oh wow transformative i'm going to credit this story to somebody else but i use it all the time because somebody told me this story but if you brought bren franklin into your classrooms and this isn't just memorial it's everywhere if you bought bren franklin into your classrooms a great entrepreneur from that time, he'd say he'd be disappointed with our classrooms because they look just like they did when he was in school, you know? And if you think about the cell phone, there's more knowledge on the cell phone than than there's ever before in human history, right? I have, I have more access to knowledge than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. And so we can't set up our classrooms in a way where the, the teachers just, we're all facing the teacher and they're the source of all knowledge and we have the blackboard and the chalk. That doesn't work anymore. We have to build those kind of 21st century skills, collaboration. We have to teach kids to search for knowledge, understand knowledge, to discern what's what's true. Yeah. 
Um, and that we have to set up our spaces that way. I do a lot of thinking about classroom space. You know, we, we need to have collaborative learning spaces because that's, that's the way kids learn. We are, we're, all, we're one-to-one in our school. They bring a laptop in. They can access anything. Yeah. How do you access it? How do you get to it? How do you talk about it after you find your source? Now you're in my world. I like it because yeah. that's one of the well, things with go. COVID. Talk well, that's one it. of the things with COVID. Well, one, it's always been flexibility, right? That's always becoming more talked about, right? Instead of just building one room and, oh, we have this great big room and it gets used 30% out of the week. Right. Why, why don't we have spaces that can transform easily and adapt easily right to what to our needs whether that's furniture whether that's just movable whatever walls or anything like that or just functionally that it functions for more than one thing covid came along right and then all of a sudden people were planning to have all this this new norm plan we we gotta have additions we gotta do it and i was like hold on guys you just give it a while and then all of a sudden okay we didn't need to do an addition like, yeah, you think you really just need to think about how to utilize your space that yeah. you have better first, yeah. then think about the bigger picture of where you want to be. Right. And it's yeah. always about planning, just like your house. Right. I- I'm going to build a bigger house. Well, do you, OK, but then you really start to organize your house and all of a sudden you get rid of 30 percent of the clutter and you're like, I have a closet that I can. Yeah, I mean, it's the same way in any project we do is like, how are you going? First, are you utilizing your space to maximize every inch of it before you really think about expansion? Yeah. And, you know, so much of that is just first understanding who you are. You know, I come from St. Minard Arch Abbey and Memorial shares this St. Minard, beautiful sandstone. I mean, if you've ever been there, you're blown away by it feels otherworldly. It feels like you're going into a different country when you go on campus that you turn a corner and you see the bell towers over the tree line. And it's just it's it blows you away. And you would think that the inside would be kind of just as old, if you will, as the outside. But it's not. The sandstone has stayed the same, but the inside of the buildings have completely transformed. You know, I used to talk to alumni. There there were spaces where there was hundreds of, you know, bunk beds because that's how it was in seminary back then when you were in high school and you just slept in a room with like 100 guys. We don't get now it's classrooms. Now it's learning spaces. It's brand new spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with Memorial. We have this beautiful facade from 1925. But inside now it's a matter to think about what's new for for us. And I, I think about it in terms of like, the facade stays the same. We're, we're clear about who we are. We know the story of who we are. That's our foundation. Mm-hmm. And then it's, then we build up from there, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah. And that's, that's part of my, I guess you call it, I don't really have a style, but it, when you talk about historic architecture, I'm not one that, well, you gotta, re, you gotta remodel and it's gotta look exactly like that. And if you do an addition, it's gotta look exactly like that. And yeah. to me, it's more like, no, it should be, Keep what you have because that's your foundation. And if you ever add on to it, it doesn't have to match exactly. Because if you try to match it exactly, you're either going to spend an exorbitant amount of money, yeah. right? Because they don't build like that anymore. Or it's going to look like you tried to match it, which looks yeah. worse than if you just don't match it at all. And so I think it always has to be uh, complementary, right? And, and what you're, you're keeping that foundation, but you're, adding, you're showing that, hey, we're adding on. Right. Maybe, and but it's new and it's modern. Or even like you said, the inside, but you still want to have those spaces that are traditional, right? right. And, and that you go in there and you still feel that tradition like you do on the outside. The outside and the inside kind of yeah. can merge, but yet you can still have those modern spaces. But I know so many people are like, no, must stay the same thing yeah. forever. And, <laughs> and that to me, that's not the spirit, no. though, you know? We that's that's tradition is not like this dying thing. It's not stagnant. It grows. It's the story of who you are, and the story of who you are is informed by current day. Yeah, just like family, right? Yeah. Family and who you are helps define you, but it's not who you have to be yeah. ten years from now. Mm. Yeah, the interesting thing about education for me is just, and what COVID did, I think, is open up a way of of not that we are disregarding the classroom. The classroom is where we we have an extension to our community. 
Like, finally. Like, I think, you know, you have teachers and professors in, in higher education, right, that have been in that and have the 22 years of knowledge, you know, of, of teaching in that classroom. But what we can do is I think we finally have a moment to go, you know what? Today, you're not going to hear from me. You're going to hear from Christian that is in Toledo how how higher ed is working there. And in, in our innovation classrooms at Toledo, University of Toledo, through Zoom or whatever that is today, he's going to tell the story of what if you want to be this or like an alum that might be, a, you know, a, uh, an orthopedic surgeon. Like the ability to chime in and have that alumni come in today to the classroom. And it's, it's great that if they can come in and walk around or they can have the field trip, but it's also just as effective to go, I'm taking a moment out of my classroom time to introduce someone who's doing this. Yes. yes. And you know what? Just like we're going to do on the podcast later, say, here's how you connect with me. And if you need a tour like, like here's my calendar, <laughs> like schedule a, a time with me to come in and tour our facilities. If you want to be an orthopedic surgeon, like here's my direct access. I want to take you through a quick walk through what my day looks like. But the ability to not have a classroom that's stacked this, 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 and this from a book, but the stories that really inspire to get to the next piece. Like here's our foundation of education. It is our books and what we're teaching in our classrooms and all those things. But it's also the connection to go, today you're going to hear from a different voice. Yep. Well, and for us back in the day, it was the library, right? You go to the library and you could check out books and you could read it. So we always had access to knowledge and information. Now we have more, like we talked about cell phone, right? Yeah. But, but it was still the connection. And, it, and so during COVID, you know, grades and everything would have skyrocketed if all it was was just that feed me the information, I'll learn magically, but mm -hmm. it's the experience it's of the being, experience, yeah. being so connected. It's the ability to talk it out. Yeah. You know, we had, talking about that, one of our teachers teaches a forensic course, mm -hmm. and um, she brought, she connected with an alum who kind of zoomed in, threw it up on the screen, and he's he's in forensics, you know, probably yeah. does crime scene stuff, I think. I think that's what he does. And uh, so he was able to talk about it. And they did like a crime scene in class. Yeah. You know, they had the tape out and they had like the fake blood and they put they put it all together and tried to find out who it was. And there were some administrators who, you know, were the victims. And, uh, he explained how to do that. And that's that's education now. How do you connect this guy? I think was in Pennsylvania. Don't quote me on that. But he was not in Indiana. Uh, and he was able to join the class right then and there and talk to them about it. And that you'll remember that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, I'm going to go back to, I think we're in our fifth, almost our 16th year at Extend Group. You know, it's 2007. So I go back and I'm like, I want to start an agency. Like, I, I think I'm in my mind. I'm like, okay, digital at the time wasn't like this thing. It was this support thing to a book or like, we'll have this website or have this CD-ROM that teaches people what it is whatever that digital thing is, but I knew it was much more than that. It was actually going to be the place where everybody goes from the, like, I'm going to hand you this trifold, but really all the knowledge is on the web. Like, go to the website, and you're going to have frequently asked questions. You're going to have all those things. But as I even sit here today reimagining what Extend Group can be and do we hire locally, and have the experience of all these people that are filling this space that you now see, or am I going to, once again, like I was on the phone yesterday with somebody, or not on the phone, I was on Zoom with someone from uh, Australia. Super smart. Like, and I'm going, why can't I bring that experience to Evansville for Extend Group again? Like my mindset of, Oh, you know, over the years, it's always been push, push, push. Our clients like really did dictate, like, if we're going to invest in you as a company, we want to know that you have this physical facility and that you have 20 people sitting in these offices. And I'm like, 
and I'm going today where it's, you know, we're in a rebirth phase and we can have the marketing, we can have the culture leadership, we can have the brand experience, we can have the digital experience. And I'm going, is that here or is that through our culture of extend group? And I really do look at the, and, and you can't have the culture if you don't have the relationships, if you're not having the connections. But what I do know is that Extend Group is much, you know, if I look at DEI and I look at like the total mindset of I want the best of the best, best of the best should come from everywhere. Shouldn't be just because they're here in Evansville, they're a part of my group. Like they have to be in Evansville. So I'm, I'm looking at it going, um, I can bring this person in and we can, we can have our physical time and then we can have our communication time and we're doing these other things. But extend from the beginning was never, I want to have 300 people in one room that represent who we are. And I think the classroom today, and even as you start to hear of what, how much knowledge is enough, we are going at a speed in which knowledge, like so much information is out there. How much is enough to be an expert? It's probably, I mean, Mike will tell you that you can't be an architect in, and we know this, like hopefully you're not building buildings or designing buildings by just watching a couple master classes, right? Yeah. But there, are, there is the ability, if you want to work really hard, to be able to take a mastermind class that gets into a certain area that's literally a week and a half mastermind class you spend or you spend 10 grand for that and you're walking out with a sound business model that has a marketing and you're able to then scale what you want to do but which is great but then all i think about is that i read an article on a recent study that said if you read off a digital screen you retain 50% less information than if you read a paper copy and I, I won't be able to cite the article or the it was on some you know it was on a uh, one of the journals i read but it was like and and i don't remember why exactly it had but it had i don't remember if it was because when you're on a digital I think, platform I think, the distractions or if it was just that you're 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 reading something that's no. I think you're thinking that I am saying that everything has to be what I'm saying is we have to reimagine what that experience is because it's not just digital and it's not just classroom and it's not and it's not just field trips it's oh, yeah. like we are in a time But it's always been a hybrid. Whether you, I mean it's always been a hybrid. It was the library. You had to go to the library, you know, and you had the, and then you had the media. I mean, it's all well, the library is in your hand. To now. me, it's always been yeah. a, a hybrid. If you if you went to a good school, it was always. I it too, wasn't just sitting in a class. I feel like COVID taught us that work can be done now in like the digital space, it's almost almost complete, almost completely. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm at home and I'm just on my computer and I'm not I'm not in a well designed office. I'm not downtown anywhere. I'm just like in my guest room working on my laptop. Um, but I think that's something now in classrooms. It's like we thought classrooms are the place where you learn, and they are, but you can do a lot of that learning digitally now. So I think, yeah. I, and I think that's a challenge. It's like how do we create physical spaces that also kind of respect what we can do digitally, but then also uh, know that there's only there's some things that we can only do in person. Yeah, you know, and and creating spaces that allow us to that lead us to that. It's really time to, once again, like not innovate forward, but really take a moment and do an asset map and go, how does this work and where does it work well and where does it not? And then really take an inventory of all those things and be able to apply a, a, a new model or a better model that enhances where we're at. Um, you know, in 2009, I'll go back and like all the way back in 2009 when we started Extend Interactive, like we had a, a client that brought us a challenge and we're talking about one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies. And they said, we had this challenge. We have these big national sales meetings. We have, you know, we ship them across. We ship everybody in our community down to South Beach and to do this. But then like what we teach them there never is then really, like, I can't ever get the DMs to be able to then reconnect with their people because there's so much time. How do we solve this in digital? And 
they literally challenged me as an individual and my team to go, how do you fix this? And our digital team is trying to be, they've been trying to work on this for like four years already. And we're just talking about the beginning of WebEx and all these other things. And you're talking about, this was like the birth of LinkedIn time and all these other things. So at, the, at that time, it was like Web 1.0 and you had, you know, intranets and all these things. So Extend Group, Extend Interactive at the time, within six months, built a platform that was a LinkedIn, that was a Facebook, that was an intranet, but there was not one person that sit in a room together to build that. We built it in six months, educated the, the client on how to use it, and it's still in practice today of how DMs connect with their sales force. They have a weekly blog. I mean, it's evolved since then way beyond, you know, what we thought it would be at the time, like a YouTube internally and all those things. But there was never like, we didn't do that in a room together. Yeah. It was, I had people in Atlanta working on that project. I had people in Jasper, Indiana working on that project. It was, it was region, regionally and nationally based to solve a bigger problem. It's like, how do now, how can we bring a, a larger discussion into a classroom that's local? But I think there's industry specific. There are industries that can work that way. Yeah. Architecture cannot work that way. And it never will. People can say they do, but I mean, you can hire anybody to drop a building and plans anywhere across the country. Correct. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to fit in your community. Doesn't mean it's going to have the fabric of your community, whether it's your bank, whatever it is, right? If you're just plopping down, you know, to me, I'm just going to plop down junk because I'm a New York architect. And it's like, what does this have to do with downtown Evansville, Indiana, right? And what, how does that fit into the fabric, <laughs> the culture, not only the people, not only the design style, but the people that are going to be in that. But even in our firm, I mean, hand sketching. I mean, people that go right into the computer and digital, it's like, that's going to be garbage. Mm -hmm. Throw it out. And they're almost 99% of the time reworking it more than if she, they just start out. Sketch out your ideas. Think about it. Then get in the computer because it's going to be 10 times better. And you're not going to have 90 revisions and spend a month where you could spend a week. Yeah. And if you're not there to communicate that, right? Oh, but in person, it's not. It doesn't work. We say this. I mean, I say the same thing in in marketing, though. Like, if we're we can't just go and like go to Memorial tomorrow and say, I've. I mean, we do have templates that we can literally say that email CRM should look like this. These are the seven touches, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We have to do the deep dive into the culture. That there has to be people that go there. And really do become a part of that fabric in order to then spread it. Like yeah. that culture and that marketing can't be outsourced. It, it, is, it has to be authentic. It has to be them. And I, there is that experience that has to happen in that trust through, once again, communication that builds relationship where we gain alignment on what we have to execute with the capacity that we have. There still needs to be that, like you're not going to be that New York firm and just come in and plop this thing into Evansville, Indiana. There still has to be that relationship and that trust and know that what you're building for the future, whether it be a student going here or whatever it is, there still has to be that connection. I'm just saying that we are at a time now where it's, we probably should do some asset mapping and really start to have some guardian tendencies of how we incorporate the past with what we've learned through COVID and we can not necessarily re-engineer the machine, but, you know, give it some, some new updates. Yeah, well, we're going off the rails, so we'll steer back on the rails as yeah. we, we mentioned a lot of tools we use. What's something that's well-designed that you use every day? I was dreading this question. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know the answer to that. What um, is something? I, I was listening to what some people say um, in this podcast. You know, 
What is something you use every day that is well designed? It can be. What anything. have you heard? Yeah, I've heard a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said they're coffee maker. Yeah, uh, coffee maker. iPhones. Coffee makers. I phones are always yeah. the like the phone. It just works. Yeah. One individual said the key. Like, think about it. You use a key in a lot, a lot of places, and that key hasn't changed in a long time. That's true. My wife wanted me to say our van, our minivan. <laughs> it is. It is well. It is a well-designed <laughs> van. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, something I use. I do use my phone every day. Very well designed. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough question. Yeah, that's that's why we ask. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get. Yeah, yeah, spark conversation, right? right. So, so I'll skip to another question because it might be be easier uh, as someone of faith what does what's a space that makes you emotional but we're talking about physical spaces and and how that relates to experiences but yeah you know i think space as a catholic um is is really important um you know you go you can travel see all these catholic churches and we've spent a lot of time um designing churches that tell a story you know, through stained glass windows, through paintings, through the, the vestments, the statues. We're very visual in the Catholic Church. Um, and so a space that I spent a lot of time in that I've always been blown away by is the Arch Abbey Church at St. Meinrad. Um, and you walk in, and it's not its, it's not a typical space. In most churches, the pews are kind of in a row, and then the altar's in the back, and that's not how it is at all. You walk in and you can hear the water from the baptismal font, um, and it's this beautiful stone thing right in the middle, right, right in the middle of the, the doors. And they have sun shining in. And then you walk, and then the altar is like right in the middle of the church. Yeah. Um, and then kind of then there's the seating, and then there's these choir stalls for the monks, and then the organs in the back, and then the Blessed Sacrament Chapel is behind that. So it's it has this kind of you go from baptism, the start of Christian life, then you go to the altar, which is kind of the source and summit of Christian life. And then beyond that is is the word of God, where you kind of pray and 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 learn more about the Christian life. Um, and that I just love that space because it tells a story. Um, and it, it's different. You know, when they do mass, all the monks process down the aisle and then stand around the altar. And it just speaks a lot to the communal experience of faith. Um, yeah. Well, and the, yeah, that's one of the things with architecture and, and, and people looking. Now you have access to all these images online or whatever. And one of the things that a true architect, I always say, will never look at images and try to copy them. Because the one thing you can never copy looking at images is the, the feel. The what it's experience. like to be in there and what's the physical experience. And and they understood that. I mean, obviously, classical architecture is uh, that way for a reason. Stood the test of time for the reason. You know, the Vatican. When I went there the first time, and there's no like, there are no pictures, no book you can ever read that's going to give you the sense of scale. Being in that space, right? I mean, when you're in. I mean, just walking into the 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 space itself, you're I was blown away how things are smaller or things are larger or they're na more narrow or there's I mean, it was just you don't get that from a book. Right. And when and the experience was like that. And there's many different other examples, obviously, in, in Rome and Italy uh, and around the world. But you just don't get that if you're not there and you're not present. Yeah, you know, I, when I think about the Archabbey Church, there's nothing that replaces walking through those big doors and seeing the sun shine in and feeling the cold water in your fingers as you make the sign of the cross and hearing the way that your shoes sound on the marble floor yeah. and sitting down on the wooden bench and and hearing the the chanting. Like I said, it feels like you're in another country. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason I talk about it is is I, I just suggest experiencing it. People think you have to go to Rome to have a deep experience of faith. And you you don't. The cathedral in, in here in Evansville is the same way. I mean, it just, it can, the, the beautiful structure over the, over the altar and um, hearing the choir sing from above you and hearing kind of the preaching and seeing the statues and seeing the colors. And if you really allow yourself 
to not be taken away, to, 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 to be present, to encounter the space yeah. in the way that it's set up. Catholics, I just think we, we really want that tangible experience. Yeah, I want to feel it. We sit, we kneel, we stand up, we hold hands, we, we make the sign of the cross, um, we eat the body and blood of Christ. You know, it's, it's wine, it's bread. Like it's that faith is not a um, abstract concept. It's something that we live, breathe, do, feel every day. And that's why it goes back to that. We're talking about community and it's like if you're in, you know, we don't always get the time to do it just because of time and schedules and supply chain issues and construction times and all that. But but if you're really truly going to like remodel a church, the first thing I'd want to do is, oh, I want to attend service at your church. I want to see the community of which I'm adding on to or remodeling because I'm not, I can come in here and do whatever, but if it doesn't fit, your community, then it's yeah. then it's worthless. It has no value. Now that faith piece, like St. Mary, which is St. Mary and John now, yeah, that's it's the first church, place that Melissa brought me into. It's like, you know what, we're thinking about getting married, like you know, faith is very important to me. And I wasn't Catholic at the time, and I came in there and that just the the, the way in which it looked and the process, it was very different than what I experienced growing up. And it was, it was that physical experience of that space with the traditions of, of how the mass progressed really connected me back to a spot of, of peace. So it was the physical along with the tradition of knowing that if I'm here, I'm going to hear we're going to be saying the same, you know, we're going to be reading the same scriptures if I'm a good shepherd. Where, where the experience inside is going to be different because the community is different. But there's a foundation of that in there that was. Yeah. And I would say that that church had a big impact on me uh, to make that transition. I think something that we are losing is this um, understanding of the benefit of, of spaces that that call us to to silence yeah right like i i'm going to put away my phone i'm not going to bring anything in. i'm not even going to read a book i'm just going to go into a space and i'm going to sit and i'm going to listen and you know now you're going to walk you have your airpods you listen to music you you're constantly talking you're constantly interacting you're constantly stimulating yourself in some way yeah um and a church or i mean or sitting by the river just by yourself alone, I mean, right? That's so important. Um, and some people find it very uncomfortable to sit with themselves. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we, I actually almost won a competition. We got second. Uh, and their reason was, is, and they were trying to do, you know, this place of faith where it could be, not just for Catholics or multi-religional, but the one reason they pointed out was that I was the only one that said, you need a space for individuals to sit and focus, like prayer space for the individual, not just sitting in the middle of this big room. And they just were like, we never thought of that. I'm like, that was the first thing I thought of, like, where is this? And, and adding that, so it's amazing that you think about that because that is one of the things in architecture is you, especially, you know, older building, like, where's, where's the moment? Like, you've got a budget, okay, but where are the moments going to be in that, in this design, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we are an hour in. Time goes quickly when you're talking about uh, the word experience. Then get through all the questions as we normally don't. <laughs> we put them together, and uh, the uh, experience shapes the conversation. That's right. So uh, Mike has his favorite. He's oh, we're do this. yeah. Do it now. Yeah, you go ahead. Explain it. 
So it's Poddex, founded on, it's once again, the Facebook algorithm found me from, <laughs> from knowing that I... Researching yeah, podcast. Researching podcast <laughs> yeah. and what everybody was doing and how they were sharing. So guess what? I get this uh, advertisement that says Poddex, and it's like they have an interview, they have a, uh, a series, they have, all, they have like four different versions. It's literally a guy that makes cards that has interview questions. Okay. So you get to randomly select... Mm-hmm. One question, <laughs> and they go back. Your question goes into this, so we don't have. We've somebody, somebody somehow Gosh, should I not picked, see it. No, no, you can. We can answer it with you, or oh, it's too bad. It's too bad. <laughs> think about it. Again. Again. Uh, yeah, we don't want to yeah, do I anything. Don't, that's a little. That's a little sad. <laughs> a little, yeah. little rough for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> it was how would you like to die? Oh yeah, I we've had that one already. That, okay. that needs to come out. We should have yeah. thrown it in the. Should have thrown that in the cup. Oh, it, oh, it's another death question, man. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> if you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, oh, what would? Like what do you think it would be? Wow. Mm. That's a tough one for me. I'll go first. Tough one for me is like, I always said, well, I'd want to come back as a dog. I love dogs. I'm just because, yeah, happy-go-lucky dog. With a good, with a good family, right? Not abused or anything like that. But, but then, I'm, but then you always think, yeah, but I want to have consciousness. I don't want to come back as not having known mm-hmm. that I am. So, can I be a dog with consciousness <laughs> and know I'm a dog and be like, yeah, I get to lay around all day. <laughs> I don't know, Sean. I don't know why, but the first thing that came to mind was water. Like, come back to be, like, nourishing. Like, it's the thing that we're all made up of. It's the thing that the planet, like, needs to sustain the eco, like, the whole thing. Like, I wouldn't have consciousness. I don't know if necessarily want that. Like, you know, I'm I'm in the, as you see on Facebook, I'm on this pride versus humility thing and... I don't know, like what gives back the most to the world and what do we need most right now? Uh, it's We don't need it like here in Evansville, but there are, it's, you know, to, they, the thing that the community in the world uh, that we all, I'd just go water. Come back as water. Flow where you where you go. Wherever you want to go, you go, you're, 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 you're I'm going here, I'm going there. You know, and I'm I can be in many forms. I can be ice, I could be snow, I could be yeah. In a river, I could be in a lake. I don't have any like you could go a, a million different ways. Yeah. Water and still be a benefit. I don't know that this other than flooding, does water have a negative connotation? No, I don't think so. All right, water. Wow. I'm going water. It's pretty meaningful. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get as deep. You got really simple. Yeah, got I know, I know. Like, I, I, I just keep thinking. in the middle. My dude. immediate was like, you know, I'd like you know. to fly. You know, I'm like, I like flying. Maybe I'll be a bird. <laughs> I could do that. I'm going to go to the beach today. I'm going to fly there. Fly there? Yeah. Migrate. So, the... Last bit as we wrap up here on App 530. So we went through the pod decks. We've talked about the word experience. We talked about digital. We talked about classroom. We talked about the rich history of Wrights Memorial High School, what that experience looks like. So uh, to wrap it up, I like to always ask the question, uh, what person, product, brand right now has the most authentic experience? Who's doing this? Who's doing it right? Like who has the product and service that they promote and and it's real is this like a business or can be a person can be an individual it can be a brand it could be yeah a company a nonprofit. like who's practicing what they preach Mm, i feel like this is a role model question almost okay yeah Yeah. there's a few things i look to and i think about rights memorial um I'm going to regret saying this, but because uh, I love Notre Dame uh, and I, I liked Brian Kelly until he left. 
in the middle of the year, so I don't like you anymore, Brian Kelly. <laughs> um, but there's something that he did. Um, I'm going to go down the sports road here. That he he was a coach at Notre Dame for a while. They had some success, and then they just plummeted. Right? They weren't doing well at all. And uh, from my understanding of the situation, of course, I don't know him, and I'm this is me reading, but I've always found this uh, story interesting. The team was losing. The spirit wasn't there. The culture wasn't there. And so from my understanding, what he did is he interviewed, he took time and he interviewed every player. He interviewed all his coaching staff. Um, and he kind of asked them, what are some things that are going to make you, what are the things that I need to do? And if you, if you look at his coaching style on the sideline before and after this happened, before he was really in your face, he would yell at you, you could read all the words he's on, you know, yelling on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, and after that, he was seemed to be a lot calmer. You know, yeah. he he had a, he changed. He intentionally changed the culture of his team, and then they experienced one of the it's amazing turnaround of a team that wasn't doing well. To two years from then, they were competing for the national championship. So I, what I what I appreciate about that story is that it was somebody to say, "I'm clearly not doing things well." Yeah. I'm going to hear, I'm going to listen and learn, and then I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all learn from that. I think that coaching experience happened. Yeah. I, I, Kelly is a good example of it, and I'll go to the thing that we started with. I think Harbaugh did it two years ago. Had to basically, I mean, he was like one game away from literally, sorry, yeah. you know, trusted son, you're gone. And had to go back and rethink, and he did a lot of that. Like, what's my superpower? Like, Jeremy Kubitschek, I talked to him on a Zoom call the other day, and he was talking about, like, a lot of times leaders, like, go in going, like, think about the Avengers, right? And you think about Avenger Tower. He said, what is your superpower? And how do you multiply your superpower and use it for everything that you can do. And then after that, you never see Iron Man like envying the Hulk and wanting to be the Hulk. Mm-hmm. You never see Black Widow really wanting to be Captain Marvel, right? Like right. they all know who they are really, really well and what they do well. And they let everybody else on the team be them. You know, whether, I mean, they know the Hulk's going to smash a lot of stuff and do all these things, but he has a purpose and a place in the, in that team, and they allow him to be him, and they don't envy that, and Captain America doesn't try to be him. Yeah. So I think there's a lot in that, that talk that he had with what you just said, and then listen, thinking about like just this last year, Michigan going to the Final Four of football after a year in which it was the worst ever. Right. And that reassessment going, what do I do well? What do I need to do more of? And what is it that I just really need to let go of? Mm-hmm. Like, and champion this person to do it. Right. Like, who's my Hulk? Who's my Captain America? Who's Black Widow? Who's Iron Man on my team? And let them be them. Yeah, and whether, you know... Whether Kelly chose to do that or he talked to enough of the past coaches and people. I mean, because Notre Dame is Notre Dame because they were innovative, mm-hmm. right? Even since Newt Rockney, I mean, Joe Montana, they did innovative things and they stayed out. And somewhere, I think, along the way, after Lou Holtz, they lost that. And they tried to be just a football program. It was like, you were never just a football program. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't, yeah. you know, you were, no, I mean, and Kelly brought some of that back. You know, you watch some of those videos that he was doing, yeah. right? And they're really cool, but they were really innovative and they're getting kids excited. And then you got the new uniforms and you got yeah. all that stuff. And I and I, I'm excited to see the new coach yeah. where he's gonna go because from all everything I'm reading, like yeah, with Kelly's change, now they have people in place ready to take over if you know, you leave for the money because you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I never understood that when you're at a place where you pretty much have all the money you want and resources. Like, uh, let me leave and go to another place where 
after one year, they'll get rid of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I but don't understand the logic. At the highest level, a couple times. Yeah. And saw what was on the other sideline. That's going to. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, that's a conversation. Because you're still going to. That's another conversation. Because guess what? You're still going to look at that. Because. <laughs> yeah. See what happened to. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I think the thing ultimately, though, no matter who it is that I appreciate it, is like they saw that there was a need in the organization and it, 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 they stopped making it about them. Right. It's like yeah. this isn't about the change that I'm going to make. It's now I'm going to assess the needs of the organization and make the changes that, you know, I need to make and the team needs to make to help the organization move forward. You know, that's like the leader yeah. downfall when you make it about yourself. 100%. It's not. It's about the missions, mission of the organization. Yeah. Pride is, I sent you the, the message, pride mm -hmm. is about who is right. Humility is about what is right. Yeah. And we always, yeah, we talk about that. It's the easiest thing to change personally is always don't say I, I, I. It's we, we, we. We, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, how do the listeners connect with you, Christian? Great question. You can always email me. Uh, cmosek at evdio.org um, or call me at Memorial. I'm always happy to connect. I'm on LinkedIn. Always happy to connect professionally. Awesome. Well, Mike, any, any final words as we wrap up here? We've went to uh, the moon back and maybe hit a hit a satellite in between there, but yeah. Uh, yeah, any wrap-up uh, combos here? No, I don't know if you mentioned it, but happy Good Friday, everyone that's listening. I know it won't come out on the same day. It won't yeah. come out today, but when it does, we it is Good Friday. So Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for coming in on Good Friday. We uh, scheduled it. It was on the calendar. Uh, we had the time off, but it was the time to have the conversation. I'm glad we did. Yeah, like Mike said, happy Good Friday, everyone. Anything you'd like to share at the end here, Christian? Thank you both for having me on this podcast. It's a lot of fun, and happy Easter, everybody listening. Yeah. So this is at 530 on Main, brought to you by Extend Group, VPS Architecture. You can go to vpsarc.com. That's their website. There's a big at 530 on Main logo on it at the very bottom, I think on the left side, right side. Uh, click it, and you'll see all the episodes that are available. You can recommend someone to be on the podcast, uh, get you to the many streaming platforms that this podcast is on today. Thank you to the Extend team that makes that happen. Um uh, yeah, we, they're very diligent to make sure if there's a new streaming platform. If you have a platform that you recommend that we're not on, that you want us on, let us know. I think there's six, ten different uh, ones that you can find at 530 on Main on. And as always, like, share, and please tell us what you would like to hear on the next at 530 on Main podcast. Because really, we're here for you. Uh, we This is a blessing for us. We get to sit here and have conversations, uh, meaningful conversations to us. Hopefully, they're uh, meaningful to you. And if there's any way we can shape that to be a better experience for you, please let us know. Once again, it's at 530 on Main. It's on extendgroup.com, vpsarc.com. Uh, I'll say it once again. Uh, happy Good Friday. Uh, happy Easter, and uh, we look forward to uh, the next episode of At 530 on Main, brought to you by VPS Architecture, Extend Group, Christian, Mike. Thanks again. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.